0: And he goes, why haven't you ordered yet? We're like, yeah, whoa. Yeah. And then and he goes, all right, what, what are we hungry for? And he's just like going through the possible options. He takes your order without writing anything down, goes and punches it in. He brings it out and he goes, all right, who's having a steak? And I raise my hand and he mock throws the steak knife at me <laughs> and I'm ready to catch it. He goes, you were going to catch that, weren't you? Uh, I said, yeah, yep. in my teeth. <laughs>
1: James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in. G'day listeners and welcome back to episode seventy-seven of your favorite internet marketing podcast, Freedom Ocean. I'm Timbo Reed here sitting in Melbourne, Australia. Right there over there is
0: James Shramko sitting in front of a Stormy ocean here on the yeah. Pacific. It's a little
1: bit wild today, is it? Mm-hmm. And and freshly off a plane, mate, or a week or so ago. So um, I reckon you'd be back uh, happy to see that beautiful freedom ocean in front of you. Yeah, I did a little bit of climate changing on the last trip.
0: I went from Sydney to the Philippines, which was very hot in the mid thirties, and then whipped over to London, which was like zero hmm. to ten degrees. So it was quite a Chill factor, and then back to the you know 27, 37, we've had a pretty good range here, loving being
1: back home. Yeah, it's always good to come home, mate. So, what we're going to do today is you, you've had a couple of uh, customer service experiences that are worth sharing, and um, then we're going to talk about what's working in both our businesses, uh, do a bit of a top three. On for each of us so um yeah that sounds top so Jimmy um, I actually uh, was interviewed on someone else's podcast only this morning uh, it was all about retail and one of the um, things we talked about is customer service and in yeah. Australia a distinct lack of it uh, or at least magical customer service service that makes you go wow you've had some good experiences.
0: Yeah, as you travel, it's just such a great chance to see what's going on in the rest of the world. And I noted down a couple that I thought were remarkable, but it must be said, you know, I went to a developing nation and then to a very old nation, uh, you know, like a top mm. top expensive world-class league nation. And there aren't that many standout experiences, even in different countries, but some of the ones that stood out for me, I thought I'd mention.
1: Can I just interrupt already and just say, isn't that amazing? That there aren't, they're like therein lies an opportunity for every single business online or offline to think about how they can make provide magical moments to make their customers go wow to be shareable on through social media because people have had great experiences. Well, you know, you know, you're familiar with the split test, right? Where you
0: mm-hmm. run two things at the same time and see which one wins. Uh, And then try to beat it? Well, I had a few examples where I literally got to be able to split test customer service. Uh, uh, And that sounds weird, right? But imagine you're sitting in the airplane and then you have a steward on one alley and then the steward on the other aisle. Mm -hmm. And they're both completely different. And people who Mm -hmm. are on one half of the plane are getting fantastic service and the other half are getting crappy service Mm -hmm. from the same airline. That's yeah. That's you that know, out. and having run a retail store in the form of a Mercedes Benz dealership, I can tell you that a lot of the customer experience will literally come down to who they're dealing with on the day. So I could I could be in the same plane with the same airline on the same journey, but have a completely different experience because I've either got you know dull Debbie on one side or you know <laughs> sexy Sue. Well, Steve, actually. <laughs> Steve on on Qantas, the Steve guy was
1: right. just phenomenal, but he was on the other side. Of, he was on the other aisle, was he? Okay, all right. So this is your first experience. What 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 was Steve offering that Sullen Susan wasn't?
0: Well, Steve just cruises down. He introduces himself to every passenger in business class. He just he he um acknowledges if they've been back before because he he's looking at his sheet. Yep. tries really hard with the pronunciations. He's, he's, you know, just assures them he'll be looking after their every concern for the flight. He checks in with them all through the flight, comes and updates their water bottle, um, gently wakes people up for breakfast, and the other lady's just like doing the rounds, doesn't give a shit. Yeah, and, right. You know, just probably a bad day or whatever. But literally, yeah. if you're if you're in AB, you know, AC, ABC, or whatever the seats are, versus JKF, you're going to get a different flight. Yeah, wow. And then, and then the Emirates flight was quite funny because i um, that's one leg, Philippines to London, where I, I don't get the upgrade because I switch airlines for that flight. And I'm just in economy, but this guy comes up to me, the steward, and he goes, welcome back, Mr. Shramko. I'm such and such. I'm your yep. host for the flight. Like he singled me out in the whole of economy because I've got the – I've got the equivalent yep. of Q- Qantas Gold or whatever that translates to. And in fact, in Emirates, I think I'm like a the top level because it somehow through my American Express I get the Sapphire yeah, or whatever. Right. So I'm showing up on their radar as a top VIP, and they just single me out in the whole cabin. And it was almost embarrassing. The, they're like mm-hmm. everyone's looking at me after he goes, like, "Who the hell is this? Is this the- like a rock star? Or, yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. like he's just been targeted?" Yeah. So that was really quite extraordinary and not only did he do it once but another cabin member did it so it's like twice.
1: It's- so I, I, I've got this um, a, a similar experience with my local coffee shop where I buy my coffee beans right and I've been going to this guy for years and he still doesn't acknowledge me when I walk in like yesterday, I walked in yesterday, he was serving other customers but at the very least, he should, and I'm not saying because I bet he should do this for everyone, say, hi, Tim, and then just go back. Just acknowledge my presence, right? And then my order is always the same. 250 grams of CCS, ground for my Rancilio coffee machine. It is what I order, and I order it twice a week. And yet, I still have to place my order. Wow. What are you after? It's like, really? So I guess the lesson from Emirates and from Qantas and the local coffee store is like just Kind of acknowledge who your customers are and and you know, be friendly. Well, there was this other guy
0: in uh, the the waiting lounge in London. I got there quite early before I could even check in to go to the business club. So you know, like you're out there in the in the wild. Excited, mate. Well, you know, there's just a gap between checkout time and a PM flight. So yeah, I went to some restaurant. And it was really cool. It looked like the set of Friends, you know, like couches and oh yeah, coffee tables and that. And was Jennifer there? She wasn't. I oh. know. Well, I would have said hi. Tim yeah. says hello. Yeah. She, I know she knows you. <laughs> but sat down and this this waiter he comes flashing across, sits down on on the little uh, footstool, and he goes. Why haven't you ordered yet? We're like, yeah, whoa. Yeah. And then and he goes, all right, what, what are we hungry for? And he's just like going through the possible options. He takes your order without writing anything down, goes and punches it in. He brings it out and he goes, all right, who's having a steak? And I raise my hand and he mock throws the steak knife at me <laughs> and I'm ready to catch it. He goes, you were going to catch that, weren't you? Uh, I said, yeah, yeah, in my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he was hilarious. he was just having such a a lot of fun with the whole experience. This is at an airport restaurant it's an airport
1: this is restaurant unheard of what airport Heathrow
0: oh this is unheard of and I mean, it's, it's uh... uh in the same terminal where Qantas flies. And it was um, – He should be he should be elsewhere. It's like Ann's or something. I can't remember what it was. But it was really good food and really
1: good service. It was just a standout. So far, the two – like both of those examples, the guy on the steward on the plane and, and the, your bloke – The, and person, the, makes the person makes the difference. The person makes a difference. And you know what? They're both having fun. They're just enjoying what they're doing. Yeah. Or, or
0: I did a little bus tour because I, I wanted to – I had a little – I had a half a day where I could See some more things based, you know. I've been to London maybe five times, and I just wanted to go another layer deeper. Mm-hmm. And the the guy that picked me up from the hotel foyer in the bus was hilarious. He was like Ricky Gervais. He was cracking wow. jokes on the microphone. He was giving fantastic history. He was tricking um, the kids on the bus, you know, making bets with them and then winning. He goes, "What do you think that's called?" And they go, "Big Ben." He goes, "You're wrong." <laughs> Give me your money, hand it over. Because it's the Elizabeth Tower, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and so all of this stuff, he's like, never make a bet with a Londoner. Uh. And then we get to the terminal where we start the tour and we get this old grandma. We're going past some. She goes, oh, over on the left here is something. I can't remember what it is. I'm thinking, you're the freaking tour guide. You're supposed to know what this is. <laughs> and at the end, she goes, you know, if you want to leave a tip, you're welcome to. And I'm thinking, you didn't earn a tip. It was a pathetic attempt at tour guiding. She was racing off down the street with her silly umbrella before we could even keep up with her, like crossing the light before we could get over. Like she was just doing her thing. So the contrast was this awesome guy and then this really ordinary lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It always comes down to this people factor.
1: Love it. Love it. And it does, you know, like, and nothing of anything you've just explained, we've just explained, is hard or expensive to implement and you know we are an online show we talk a lot about online but all this is is 100% i believe transferable to an online business and um examples of that I was, i'll give you an example i was just reading through a sequence of emails that someone had put together and was showing me and you know it was all very clever you know like the welcome email and here's the ebook that you you've you wanted you've you've subscribed to and we're going to send you more emails and here's day 2 email and day 3 and whilst it was all presented very well from a kind of flow point of view there was no personality in it there was no fun in it like have fun you know well done to you for the subscribing to the ebook as opposed to here's where you can here's the link to download the ebook you know and just just putting personality and fun into it and that's a real, that can be your point of difference right there Awesome. So Timbo, what's working for you in your business right now? This is an excellent question, Jimmy. So what we're gonna to do, top three each, we'll go one for one. Mate, I've just um I was talking this about this on the small business big marketing show this week. Well, I've just come back from a retreat of seven other speakers, keynote speakers. And I was very honored to be asked to join it this year. Uh, they get together each year. And these are people who have been in the speaking industry for, for decades, in some case decades, and are making millions of dollars a year from their speaking. We got together in Noosa for two days and sat around a table and shared what's working, what's not working, and how can we do and what are we going to do to build our businesses this year? Um that is working for me. The idea of coming together around a table with other people in your industry, and and by the way, some of these people I lose jobs to. So we are competition, right? But we shared our numbers openly, we shared our strategies openly, and we were there to help each other. And um, it was amazing, mate. That's the number one thing that's working for me, and I suggest anyone who, uh, anyone in any industry take the lead and put together something like that for your industry. Yeah, so some kind of a
0: mastermind or or um, industry body, yeah, private we just co- industry uh, discussion correct. board. Correct. And uh, How many people were there, Timbo? Eight. Yeah, so eight people in the whole world are sharing best practice. You'd have to think there's enough market to feed all of you. <laughs> correct. Like this correct. The scarcity thing kicks in. I've actually had one member once left my mastermind because – I took on another member in a similar industry and they were concerned uh-huh. that, that that was just going to… Small thinking. Oh, but, but then I replaced that member with another member in that industry and the two people in the same industry not only share ideas and uh, feed work to each other but they even formed a podcast together. I mean it's, it's just, to see the exact opposite mindset and how it resulted in such an extra profit for them was fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, there is enough to go around and… I don't think there's enough. We don't do enough of that. And again, many people listening, you're living in your online world, you're stuck in your cave, sometimes it's good to raise the head three centimetres up from the screen and look out. And
0: I, I think it was benchmarking that really helped dislodge me from my job and that is becoming aware of other people in my field who are doing significantly better than I am, creating a gap that I wanted to s- solve. Mm-hmm. So I'd say uh, we used to do it in the Mercedes dealership too. We used to benchmark with other dealers of the same size and demographics, so that we could get a feel for, you know, what should the labour rate be, what should the sales be, um, what's the the sales profit, you know, what models are selling, and we you'd get you'd learn stuff by comparing. No, it's like when we were kids with trump cards. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Did anything shock you? Did someone's number on anything shock you? Uh, In terms of their turnover or their fee or whatever? Just anything
1: at all, like how many staff they do or don't have or how many gigs they do. Well, yeah. uh, What shocked me is really the question. Not shocked because I knew I was was amongst giants. So these are people who um, are earning big dollars for keynote, who are doing lots of keynotes. Uh, who have very few staff. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful business model, speaking, because you know you don't. You might have a full time VA or PA. The rest is is a virtual team that you surround yourself with in terms of you know an editor or a designer or a writer or whatever it may be. All of them had speaking coaches, um, most of who were stand up comedians. The coaches, and we've spoken about that before. Mm-hmm. The other thing. My, my big learning, and, I, and I'll just make this my number two what's working for me as of this week, which is, um, you know, we get paid well to speak, but, and, and for me, up until now, that was the end point. It's like, great, got that keynote job, got a great fee for it, going to give it my best, and we'll move on to the next job. But these guys were very good. And that was kind of almost the, the entry point into a business to then say, okay, well, how else can we help you? So it was like extending the yeah. the conversation and packaging up things that – because it, it, the insight was as conference organizers, their biggest problem is that how do they make the conference live in the delegate's mind after the, they get back to their work? And so the idea that I got from the retreat was was to put together a series of monthly emails containing a marketing tip, either via video or, or audio, and sending it to the delegates. And that's a complete package. It's like the keep the conference alive package that the organizer buys off you, and is is it for me, you know, is is just an ideal way of continuing to work with that business. And I've put together a brochure on that. I have got uh, I've sent it to four conference organizers that I dealt with last year. And one of them has already taken the bait and, and loves the idea. It's great. I had
0: exactly the same thing. I remember sitting in a in Mexico and I said to a bunch of fellow entrepreneurs, so this is sort of leaning on your first topic of the benchmarking mastermind. I said, I've been invited to speak in an event. What should I sell? They said, sell a live event. And I took that from just delivering the live event, which is what I did the first four or five events, to making my event a way to capture content and to repurpose that into a membership. And now my live event really is actually the annual meetup for people who are part of my community. So I'm going to go with point number one for me, the thing that is working for my business, which is just so incredible and the most amazing thing that I've ever done. Wow. Insert drum roll, please. Recurring income. It's just Mm -hmm. this idea that each month income comes in and it could be something that I sold a few years ago that someone is subscribed to and they're continuing to stay on board as a customer and I'm continuing to deliver value. Now, I have that in various forms. Yes, I have a mastermind. Uh, I've got a a membership community where I coach as well and I have services such as uh, traffic services, content services. So this core idea is... The single most important idea that I put into play because I see so many people selling one-offs, one-time projects that start and finish and then the income stops. And this whole industry of internet marketing is still caught up with this launch cancer where they do a big launch, push all the limits, strain their service, bring in the cash, handle the refunds, cop the... The, uh, the, the bad feedback if they're not getting delivered the result. And then they have to, you know, the money runs out and they have to do it all again and they get desperate and they start, you know, pushing for, for prizes and joint ventures and stuff. I just sidestep that whole thing with this simple idea of f- focusing on recurring income solutions that evergreen or sustainable for the long period.
1: Well, you only need to learn from the telcos. With their phone plans and data plans.
0: Yeah, telephone Genius. telephone plans, uh, internet. You know, I was at Vodafone in the early 1990s in Australia when they introduced phone contracts to yeah. the market for mobile telephones. You know, when they were locking mm. people in for 12 months or 24, subsidized handsets because the handsets cost $1,700 back then.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> for a brick and... They had these plans and contracts, that that whole thing. I think this recurring income is just the most incredible thing. And What what it means is I can constantly focus my attention. Instead of being a typical marketer where I'm 90% focused on marketing and selling and 10% focused on delivering, I'm more 50-50. Fifty percent delivering solutions and managing my team, and fifty percent on just continuing to develop content in the pretty much in the form of podcasts and, uh, you know, blog posts or videos or event recordings that I can reveal to the public. Mm-hmm. You know, speak at the occasional event, etc.
1: Yeah, love it, love it. I only only said to my son. Jack this morning who uh, is about to start uni this year, I gave him a book that I love called The $100 Startup and um, I said, mate, go and read that. I want you to read a chapter every two days and then come and we're going to talk about it because – and this is exactly the conversation I had. It was like three hours ago. Uh, I said, I want you to understand right now he works at the local vet. You're trading time for money and I get that. It's a good job to keep doing it. You've got a good network happening there. You're learning great skills but I want you to understand this concept of recurring income and starting and on actually when this, you know specifically saying you know consider starting an online business um, don't know what it's going to be but this book's going to give you some ideas and see where that see where that leads him because he's about to go and do science at uni and he's not going to learn all that stuff so I want him to kind of just just have another conversation going in his mind so that when he does if he got, does choose to go and work for the man he has at least got something else going along as well and, you know, it, it takes the pressure off. Isn't that cool?
0: And I was having a few beers with my son Jack last night and <laughs> having a similar conversation. I was, really? Yep. Talking about the time-based economy versus the results-based economy and my tip for him was to just focus obsessively on what he's absolutely uniquely gifted at and do it so well that he's just a mile above everyone else and just just. Really drive down that core, and and he's doing that, and he's really making a lot of progress in the thing that he's the best at. Yeah, yeah, it's Uh, great. To find his unique ability so early is great. Now, uh, totally, you pop. Yeah, my second one is
1: number two, Jimmy.
0: The thing that's working really well for me is having a team, and in particular, the support team that is really the central hub of my business because. Not only do they answer uh, existing customer queries but they also can answer prospective customer queries and and they're especially good at helping those people find the right solutions. So they've effectively become a sales support team in some way where they're able to serve the ongoing demands of our business without me having to be directly involved And this really comes back to the idea that uh, for your business to grow, unless you are a keynote speaker, and even if you are, you're probably still going to need at least a small team, but you will need at some point to have a team where it's not you doing every role in the business because that's how we typically start. But the sooner we start thinking about how we can get one layer back from the humdrum of support... The more leveraged we can be with our ability,
1: mate. It's a uh, something close to my heart, and it's uh, part of my twenty fifteen pushes to be a bit uh, a bit smarter with that because uh, too many of us are doing everything. Uh,
0: a lot of people say, "What's the easy? Uh, what's the easy step to make this happen?" And I'll, I'll say, without hesitation, get a support desk. If you have any kind of online business, get a support desk that. Is away from your inbox. So it could be small business, big marketing, uh, com forward slash support. And you put a professional software tool there, like a Zendesk or a Help Scout or whatever. And you might man it in the beginning, but eventually you'll hire someone to do that. And for me, that was a huge stepping stone. I think I paid about $1,000 a month to have someone handling it part time. And That freed me up to do more than a $1,000 worth of sales in other areas, and then I was able to to scale on top of that. So that was just a huge leverage point for my business, stepping away from the – at the time, it was between five and ten support requests a day with the same thing. It was a monotony. It was people claiming their bonuses for the affiliate product that I was selling, and it happened every single day, and and at some point, I thought, hey – I could actually pay someone to handle this so I can go
1: and do something else. And I think what, there's a number of blockages that stop people from from embarking on surrounding themselves with a team. One of them is obviously cost and, and uh, you've got to spend money to make money and it sounds obvious but um, I think a lot of people think this idea of getting a team and by the way, it's not about putting people on payroll, listeners, at all. This is about you know um, surrounding yourself with a virtual team who uh, who work on a project basis? Some may, some may become full time. I know for you, James, they have many have, but um, you know you do have to spend money to make money. What are you worth per hour, and what are you paying someone else to do something per hour? And if it's less, and you can afford it, then do it. Yeah, and a simple starting point for that uh, for me before I went down
0: this thing online, it's just a home based example, and that was simply crossing that mental barrier between me mowing my own lawn and me hiring someone else to do it. And I think at the time, me mowing the lawn meant changing into lawn mowing clothes. Love it. Getting petrol all over my hands, you know. Love to see that. Smoky lawn mower, you know, dragging Mm. it around in the heat in summer for an hour and a half. Chewing on a husk of wheat. Getting stone chips on my ankles and... (laughs) You know, I used to have a professional lawn mowing round, so you know I was quite used to it. And you knew what you were doing. Somewhat sick of it, but you know, then the edger and the wire—you got to replace. Oh, the edger. You need two-stroke fuel. It was just. Yeah. And then at the end of it, you got to go and have a shower and wash all the crap <laughs> off, or have a swim in the pool. Yeah. That versus me paying someone like twenty-five bucks or thirty bucks to just come and then go when the lawn's immaculate. And my challenge was, can I do something that creates $30 worth of value while he's mowing the lawn? Like mm-hmm. literally go and work on my website or add an article or build a website for a customer or promote a campaign with an email. I'd send out an email and make a couple of thousand dollars and you know that's it. I'm not mowing the lawn again. And that was my stepping stone into this whole idea of exchanging money for time and making the numbers work out.
1: Yeah, right. Well, I just want a photo of you on the lawnmower, mate. After all that,
0: <laughs> I know, seriously, I had, I had 21 lawns to mow when I was, you know, like probably 20 years old. And it was, uh, it was a lot of work. And, and I know what the, I know that was sort of a partial step towards getting paid for a result rather than time. But if I'd been even smarter, I might have started subletting that. I just wasn't quite clued into it yet. But I developed a lot of other advanced marketing strategies at the time.
1: Now, Jimmy, my number three is going to be a tool that's working for me more than a kind of philosophy, I suppose, or a business concept. I've been using, because I've had this broken right arm fell off my bike, uh, one of the um, things I did was use voice to text on the MacBook, which if you hit function, function twice, it's pretty accurate. And it, when I wasn't doing that, I was using um, a th- an app called Extra Voice Recorder. So it's it's a plugin actually. Get it in the App Store. Extra Voice Recorder, which is basically just replying to emails with an audio attachment. And I liked that. Um, it was a bit of a point of difference. There was a bit of kind of personality attached to what I could say in in those emails, and um, it was quick. So that was working for me as well.
0: Nice. Yeah, I've I've been a long time fan of the Function Function. And I've noticed Mm -hmm. it's incredible on the iPad uh, which I've been using a a lot more. I've really been trying to get off the laptop and onto mobile devices for my business. So I record – I basically run my webinars from my iPad because GoToMeeting now has a little whiteboard and you can start meetings on it. You couldn't do it before. Mm -hmm. And the – if you use the built-in, uh, so if you use the, the little headphone set that comes with Apple, it's so accurate, and I can rip through forums. Great tip. My my tip is um, similar, actually. Mm-hmm. The thing that's working really well for me is having really high definition noise filters on what I allow into my focal point, uh, and specifically, what I mean is, I've blocked most things that distract other people from being productive, uh, especially Facebook, um, uh, Twitter, yeah. uh, any sort of alert or device buzzer or reminder that's that's telling me there's a message waiting for me. Yep. And other tools that, that you can use to really filter things, uh, if you're in any kind of coach or consulting or you have to speak to prospects, I'd highly recommend that you – use a scheduling tool so, you know, like schedule once so that you're only ever speaking to someone when it's been booked in advance and they've already provided all the details you need. So you you basically – you don't have to think about your calendar. You just – open up your computer you see what you've got scheduled for the day it sends you reminders you've got all the information you need in front of you and now you no longer have these five emails back and forth trying to figure out the time or the place or the whatever and you're not taking cold calls so I actually have Skype switched off for example mm-hmm. it's switched off unless I have a scheduled call I'm using Facebook for about an hour a week
1: nice I'm just I, I'm just not using it. There's my, discipline in that. Like, because how do you have you removed it from your bookmark toolbar? Have you, like, how do you not just go and click on it like most of us do?
0: No, uh, the only time I'm going there is when I have to syndicate a post on my blog, which is usually once a day or once every two days. I'm just going to go there. Or if I'm walking to the shops to go and buy some milk or something, I'll probably take my iPhone. Mm. And if I'm in waiting in the elevator or I'm hanging at the, a set of lights waiting for the green, mm-hmm. I might just use the app then. So, it's something I do. I think Ed Dale says this. You use the social media standing up. Yep. Which means you're leveraging your time more. Yeah. So, I'm really not sitting on Facebook, you know, there's any number of lifestyle gurus who are on Facebook for 12 hours a day, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they have to be to be so prolific. Mm -hmm. I still like to call this the hit and run. I get in, I check on the little notifications, I see who's mentioned or where I'm mentioned, you know, go and respond or reply or approve and then I get out. Mm -hmm. That's it, in and out. So setting strong filters. So turning off Skype, moving my whole team to Slack allowed me to get off Skype and email. My email dropped from 10 hours a week to two and a half hours a week when I moved to Slack and my Slack went up to one and a half hours a week. So nice. the net difference is phenomenal and that's because I'm not getting hooked up in distractions from other people's emails and other people's Skypes. Love it. So getting trying to get out of the inbox, that's where support, having a separate support desk will help. Uh, so if you think about it, now all the customer contact is generally going to support, and my team who run the support are contacting me on Slack. So I'm not in the inbox for either of those things anymore.
1: Love it, mate. Well, there's six things that are working for us, plus a few customer service experiences. I reckon we're about done. Yeah, we're about done. It's yeah. so good to catch up. It's and, lovely, uh, mate.
0: Yeah. Lovely to good. see you back. <laughs> you too, and you're what, 80% recovered now?
1: Yeah, I'm nearly there, buddy. Yeah, you know, the arm is um is mobile. Can't exercise, which is uh, annoying me. I've put on a little bit of weight, and uh, look forward to getting back to the gym and back on the bike, so to speak, and um doing that because that even you know, affects your headspace. It affects you. You know, you just you, you just don't feel as as healthy and um as you would if you're exercising like I used to. So that is not far away, mate. Been a pleasure. Episode seventy-seven of Freedom Motion is about to finish. The tide's going out, so to speak had to use an ocean kind of thing it
0: there. Literally is, actually.
1: <laughs> right. There you go. Yeah. So, yep. uh, mate, have a great week. And listeners, you have a great week. Um, if you want to find out more about Freedom Ocean, head over to freedomocean.com or you can find us on Facebook for .com forward slash freedomocean. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Leave a review on iTunes. If you, if you love what you hear and you're implementing, we'd love to hear that as well.
0: Jimmy, see you next time, mate. See you, Timbo. Have a great one.